This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 34. And this is another one of those Psalms where there's a lot of verses in it that uh, you, you'll have heard or maybe seen in a, in a worship song or if you're on social media a lot, which obviously you're on a little bit with being on Facebook, but uh, you might see uh, one of these um, verses in quotes. And this is one of those songs that, that puts us in a position where we're encouraged and strengthened. It's a Psalm of David. And, and if you'll even look, some of you who are looking at your own scripture, it says a Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. And that was, that was a, a story that, that is, that is found in David's life. It's found in, I think, second Samuel, maybe the end of first Samuel. And it is a time when he, he needed to get, he, he needed to escape and because he was likely to be killed and it was before he became king. And it's a, it's a song of elation, I would say. And so he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And when you actually um, are delivered by God, you do have that feeling of elation and Excitement. I heard that from a couple of the ones who were being baptized last Sunday, that, that, that excitement that God has, has blessed you and, and your mouth is full of his praises all the time because, because, um, you literally feel that it's the mountaintop experience. You literally feel the, the presence and the power of God in your life at all times. He said, my show, my uh, soul shall make uh, its boast in the Lord. And notice that's that's his true self, who he really is, is going to is going to boast in God and brag about God. And sometimes that's really really something that you need to do when God does something big in your life. Is you need to tell people, you need to brag about God, and uh, that's very appropriate for the moment. He says. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, exalt, let us exalt his name together. And notice you go from him personally exalting and, and magnifying God, him personally bragging on God, and he's asking others to join in with him. And, and I find that that is, that is, especially in the New Testament, one of the most intriguing things that always happens with Jesus is Jesus heals somebody or does a a mighty work for them, does a miracle for them. And he tells them, go and tell no one. And the first thing they do is go and tell everybody. And by the way, that's the natural state of man. He's, he can't keep his mouth shut. As an attorney, I, you have the right to remain silent, but not many have the ability to remain silent. And the situation that he finds himself in and most people find themselves in when God really steps in and does something big is you do not retain the ability to remain silent. And I, I don't see that as a negative. I actually see that as a positive. And I, I see that as a really an admirable feature of those people. Even though Jesus said, don't tell anyone, 
they just can't keep quiet. And, and that's because we're relational by our very nature. And that's because uh, when God does something big for us, it's just too exciting to keep to yourself. He said, I saw the Lord and he heard me. And this is one. And he delivered me from all my, notice not all my situations, but all my fears. He said, I saw the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. And that that is a new way of looking at things. Oftentimes we want to be delivered from our troubles and our difficulties. But David said he delivered me not just from my troubles, he delivered me from everything that I feared. He he delivered me from my fears. He he removed that away. Now, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. So there's no way for him not to have trouble or difficulty. There's no way for any of us not to. But God delivers us from our fears and allows us to see the situation that we're in from his perspective and not our perspective. He said, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. See, when we look at God and we cast our, our attention, not just to look at God, but to give him our full attention, when we do that, they, that God is able to reorient our mind and our heart to what he's doing. He said, they looked at him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and he's talking about himself, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. And by the way, the God always hears us. He, he, we always have an ear with God. And he saved him out of his trouble. He, he delivered him from his troubles. The angels, this is one of those verses that you can underline and maybe maybe spend some time memorizing. He says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Notice the angel of the Lord, and that is not an angel of the Lord or the angels plural of the Lord. That is the angel of the Lord. And that's the angel of the Lord found in the New Testament. He appears to Abraham. He appears to, he appears to Moses. He appears to Joshua. He appears Moses in the burning bush, Joshua outside the uh, walls of Jericho, Abraham at his tent with two other angels. He appears to them and, and, and he is worshiped and he does not dissuade uh, Moses, he does not dissuade Joshua, he does not dissuade people from worshiping him because he's what is known as the pre-incarnate Christ, which means Christ come before he came as a man. It's the pre-incarnate Christ, and he is called the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. It's Jesus in the Old Testament coming to his to that which he formed from God's voice, and he meets with them. And notice he says the angel of the Lord camps encamps all around those who fear him, which means he he the idea is God surrounds and engulfs Jesus himself surrounds and engulfs those who fear him and he delivers them. And the protection of Jesus and the power of Jesus engulfs you when you fear him and are delivered by him. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. And there is actually a, a new, there's a relatively new, it's not all that new, but a new praise song that has that in it. It says, and taste and see that the Lord is good. That's a, a great song and, and a great verse because blessed is the man who trusts in him. And I love, he, he always, almost every song has some aspect of speaking of our faith and our trusting in God. And so he says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. And that, that remember, fear of the Lord is, he, he is so much bigger and greater and more powerful, and we are so nothing compared to him. And that understanding of that relationship that exists, that 
our nothingness compared to his everything makes us understand who he is and, and see him in the role that he actually is in. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Meaning God takes care of us. He says, the young lion lacks and suffer uh, hunger. And remember, lion is spiritual power. Uh, it's a picture of spiritual power. And so even the young lion, he says, he lacks and suffer hunger because he, it doesn't, even the spiritual forces without God uh, lack and hunger. But he says, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack the good things. He says, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. It's real important that you see God from that perspective and then you approach him from that perspective because when you see him in that perspective and, and then approach him because he has made the way for you, you honor him by doing that. He said, who is the man who desires life and loves many days that may see God, that may see good? That's a great question. Who's the man who wants a long life and wants to see good, keep your, now he's given the instruction here. This is more even, this is more like a proverb than it is a psalm. He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit, which means be truthful. And remember truth and love go together. They cannot be separated because they're two, they're the two uh, major terms that define the aspect of God's care, define God's character. And where you have truth with no love, you just have a set of facts for your own benefit where you have love with no truth is just is, is, is really just a deranged manipulation. And maybe even worse than that, a love without truth is actually enabling someone to continue in the death and the sin that they're continuing. He says, keep your tongue from evil and keep your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. What a great end of that verse. Seek peace and pursue it. Not always is it your job to fight and to war against them. Seeking the peace of God and the presence of God and pursuing it and letting go and allowing God to be your avenger <clears throat> is where life is found. He says, the, light, the eye of the Lord are on the righteous and his ear are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do eat to cut them to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. What a, when there is definitely a dichotomy. There is a definite difference between those who trust in God and those who walk in their own flesh. And how God deals with them and and how their lives are lived out are definitely different. And there is a dichotomy between them. There is a stark difference between them and, and how God is going to deal with them in the flesh and how God is going to deal with them in eternity is stark and different and cannot be minimized. He says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. Remember righteousness by faith cries out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. He's restating. He's like singing that. He's singing, singing the chorus again. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, which means God, when, when our heart is broken toward him, he, he draws near to us to build us up and to make us holy and to make us powerful and to make us uh, righteous. And so he says, and save such as have a contrite spirit. We have to, we have to be um, 
<clears throat> humble in the way we look at, the way we seek out and identify how to deal with the situation. Oftentimes, when something happens, you just want to lash out, speak out. And the truth is, you, you, you need to be humble and to be patient and to sit back and allow God to have his say in the situation before you have your say in the situation. You're in a group of people and somebody says, this happened and everybody goes, ah, ah, you know, we ought to do this, do that, that. And, and what's really happening there is arrogance and, and an ability, a, a, a mindset that you have some kind of control over how things are going to happen and how things are going to come out, come about. The more weighty the topic and the issue that is brought about in your life, however it's brought about, the more weighty it is, the more important it is, the less you should speak and act before you hear God and hear what he has to say. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and he saves those who have a contrite spirit. And a broken heart and a contrite spirit rarely lashes out and speaks without first considering what God is doing. And, and I try to you know, in my life, and I've learned to watch because I've learned the, the wisest I've been around generally always do this. The more weighty the issue that's placed on the table, the less they speak initially, and the more they consider and allow God to speak initially. I used to think when I was younger, <clears throat> I used to think that they were just waiting to be the last one to speak because the last one who says anything is usually what happens. But I've come to find out that actually the last one to speak is usually the wisest. And they're wise because they wait and allow God to speak before they speak. And oftentimes that means you don't speak even at all in the moment where the issue is considered. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And, and what he's saying is there are going to be many afflictions and God delivers them out of all of them. The real question is what not what are we going to do? The real question is what is God doing? And I want you to consider that. It's, the real question is not what we are going to do, but the real question is, what is God doing? He says, he guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Uh, meaning, you, you think you're delivering yourself, but God is the one who is delivering you. He said, evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who are hate, hate the righteous shall be condemned. Meaning God's going to handle it. He, he really is. And you say, I want him to handle it now. You didn't make everything, and you don't own the universe. And your ways and your will is not his ways and his will. And let God have you be a tool in his hand to handle it but you allow him to make the decisions of how things are handled. He said, evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous uh, shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, which means God is bringing about redemption in your heart and your mind all the time. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned, which means 
you don't have to, you, you do not have to defend and protect yourself. God is your defender and he is the ancient of days and he's timeless. And so allow him to defend you. Allow him to defend in the situation. Allow him to be in control of the situation. And I promise you, if you'll do that, you'll see great things happen and you'll see good things happen and you'll see God's things happen. And ultimately in every situation, is that not what we want to see happen is God's things? And don't allow those who are not seeking after the Lord to drive you to do that which God has not acted in already and you've seen him moving. Do not allow that to happen. Allow God's work to be completed in due season before you get in the middle of it and mess it up for you. And really that's what you're doing because God's going to, God's going to work his will in his way anyway. So the real question is, are you going to trust him and you're going to wait on him and you're going to watch him or are you going to do it yourself? And if you're going to do it yourself, then you take on the responsibility of doing it yourself, which is often not something you can actually handle. Because if you could have handled it, it wouldn't have been a problem in the first place. And what we need to do is we need to trust in God, allow him, as David said, allow him to do his work and his will and deliver us. And in the midst of that, we will see his very best. And outside of that, we will just do our own vain things for our own vain benefit. And so I would rather not do that, even though sometimes I do. And then God tells me I am. And then I have to step back and get out of it. And I would say that for you also. And may may that be as you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.